Football Social Daily. Premier League update. To dare is to do, and dare is exactly what Spurs have done. Tottenham have placed their faith in Jose Mourinho. The three-time Premier League winner replaces the outgoing Maurizio Pochettino, and the special one has wasted no time in getting down to business. Jose has given his first interview, and he's made no bones about what he wants from his Spurs side. We'll discuss what he had to say, as well as some of the circumstances around Pochettino's exit, which are interesting to say the least. Also, West Ham United felt like being a little cheeky on Twitter yesterday before tucking their tail between their legs and deleting their tweets. This is Football Social Daily, your only daily Premier League podcast. We've got Jim Salverson and Stefan Armstrong in the studio. Hello, Hello, Hello. lads. But we've also got former England goalkeeper, former Leeds and Tottenham goalkeeper Paul Robinson joining us on the line. I imagine you were as shocked as anyone else when you saw the news that Pochettino was leaving Tottenham and, and Jose less than 12 hours later was announced as his replacement. Yeah, there's been murmurs about Poch's job for a while now. I'm um, not going to lie, I'm surprised about the timing. I'm surprised that he left it till the last couple of days of the international break, um, a couple of days before a game. But it's obviously something that's been in the pipeline for a while because Pochettino and all his staff were gone. Jose and his staff have come in, they've hit the ground running, they've taken training from day one. Um, so the tone of it, I'm a little bit surprised. I think it's a harsh decision. I think the job that Pochettino's done for the last five seasons where, the, where he's got the club, granted he hasn't won anything, um, but his five-year plan ended up with a Champions League final. And I think it just went a little bit stale after that this year, which has cost him his job. You've played under some really good managers in your career. What's it like when a manager perhaps unexpectedly does leave and you've got someone new coming in within a, a matter of hours? I mean, what's the sort of mentality like amongst the players? Well, no matter what level you're at as a player, whether you're an international player or whether you're just a young lad, you've all got to prove yourself again. Um, a manager of Mourinho's knowledge and his level of experience, he'll know about every single one of the players, but he hasn't seen them on a day-to-day basis on the training ground. He doesn't know what they're like off the pitch. So you've got it all to prove again. It's like um, you know a, a new headmaster. Um, you got to impress. You got to mm. you play well. Your standards your standards lift again, and it's and it's a new start for everybody. If you like players that weren't in the team have got a new start. Players that are in the team and doing well have got to prove that they're, they're worthy of staying there, which Jose will demand. You've never played under Jose yourself, Paul, but you must have spoken to players or played with players who have experience of him on a personal man on man basis. What type of manager? What kind of guy do you know him to be from those conversations? We were looking at it from the outside, as you say. I never played, got the pleasure of playing under him. Um, but the, the Jose at Chelsea, I'd have loved to have played under. He seemed to have had a spark. He seemed to have had desire. The players loved him, and he was a smile on his face, and he looked to be a great man-manager. But then you look at the Jose that was at Manchester United that was at war with the world. He, he was grumpy. He was miserable. And, you know, he's a miserable football, and you could just see that he wasn't happy. And it just depends which Jose turns up at Spurs. I, I think that they'll get the Jose that was at Chelsea, the one that was sparky. He had a spark, he's had a fire in his belly. And I think he's got a, a passion to do well again. I think he's got a passion to prove people wrong uh, after what happened at Manchester United. He looked a and bit like that from that really interview, from his first interview, didn't he? He looked like he was there to enjoy himself and he looked happy again. He did look like the original Chelsea Jose. He did. And if, if Spurs get that Jose, they've got the man that they want. I mean, Daniel wanted him a long time ago, Daniel Levy. I think back in 2006, they, they tried to get him, but he had a release clause in his contract from Chelsea that he couldn't work again in, in England for a certain amount of time. I think he's something that Daniel's admired for a long time. And I think it's maybe not an ambition, but something that Daniel's always wanted. And he's always wanted a Mourinho. And when things weren't going that wrong, going that right, sorry, and the Mourinho was out there and the opportunity to get him come up, it was probably too good to turn down. Listen, the man's a serial winner. I mean, he's won Premier League titles, he's won European Cups. He said he wants to be the only manager to win three European Cups. 
and Spurs might have to take a hit on the style of football because you know they've been free-flowing football, scoring goals under Pochettino, high press, closing down. It's been exciting watching them against the elite of Europe. They might just have to take a hit on the style of football. Jose's solid, he's defensive, he's, he plays a style of football that works, but it delivers trophies. Do players care, first of all, about the style of football? Are they that bothered? As, as long as they're picking up that trophy, that silverware at the end of the season, are, are they really that fussed about how they're playing football, particularly with Mourinho um, coming in? And secondly, how different is Spurs a club now to when you were there? I think Spurs, is, I think the way that Pochettino and Daniel Levy have developed the club over the last five, six years has been outstanding. Daniel's often criticised for not spending money, but Pochettino has spent £395 million. Granted that they've recouped 290 out of it, but he, he still spent it. Daniel's a very, very shrewd businessman. Um, he has allowed managers to spend, and I think he'll, he'll release the purse strings on Jose because Jose is he's a spendthrift. He'll go in there and he'll want money, and I think Daniel will realise that, and he'll have to release some funds because Spurs it needs it needs really life uh, re- rejuvenating. It needs life breeding into it. But back to your original point about the style of football, um, I don't know if the style, well, the style will change, but I don't know if it will be that big a change because he's got the players there mm. that can play the attacking football. I think they defensively Spurs are struggling. I think right-back's a real problem for them. With Walker, Peter's been injured. They let Kieran Trippier go too, too easily for my liking. Sergio Aurier's been poor, very poor at right-back. Um, it's been a real problem for us all season. And the two centre-halves, I mean, Pochettino ended up playing Sanchez and Dyer there, which mm. isn't exactly one of Europe's top partnerships. <laughs> yeah, Paul, what's, from the reaction of the Spurs players, they, um, they all seem quite sad that uh, Maurizio Pochettino's left. Uh, what's it like when a manager that you respect and is generally very well liked by the players at the club leaves and another manager comes in who has got some question marks? Yeah, we had it with Martin Young, exactly the same. Uh, he's loved among the players. Um, the players really liked him. I personally liked him. He had a lot of respect for him. But there, there comes a time where you can you just tell that there's something wrong and there's there's something missing in the dressing room. I think that's where Spurs have got to. And you can see 90% of the players are absolutely devastated that Pochettino has gone, but probably realised that there was a, a change needed to be made. It was different with Mourinho. Um, we, you know, coming in now, he's, he's got such a repu- reputation and a respect. And so a lot of these players that are playing at Tottenham will have been in their younger days. They'll have been watching him at Chelsea. They'll have been watching him win Premier Leagues at, at Chelsea. So as soon as he comes into a room, he'll demand their respect. Uh, talking but about when, when Yol left Spurs, sorry to interrupt you, we got one day Ramos coming, um, who immediately the players didn't warm to at all, and it was a dictatorship, and it was a very, very different way to, to what Martin Yol had. Mm-hmm. Talking about uh, people as youth players, um, Paul, I'm a York City fan. I'm led to believe that you played for the York City youth team. Were you there when Dean Kylie was there? No, that was just before me. I did play for York youth team, as did my son. Oh, fantastic. Um, I left to go to Leeds at 14, and he did it before me. He's gone at 11 to Leeds um, due to the first team's failings at York. Unfortunately, the first thing that was... Uh, that went was the academy, so that left my son, uh, and he had to go, and he's left and gone to Leeds. But yeah, I did start my career at York, um, oh, and I had the, the, the chance to sign schoolboy forms there or Leeds. It's an honour personally to speak to a York <laughs> City legend. So thank you, Paul. <laughs> hey, Paul, really appreciate your time, mate. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. 
no problem anytime. Nice to speak to you. That was former England, Tottenham, Leeds, Blackburn goalkeeper and York City youth product, of course, Paul Robinson. Remember the goal he scored for Spurs? Uh, well, and the goal for Leeds. He scored a header for Leeds I don't as well. remember the header for Leeds. Yeah, I remember see. the goal from Spurs. It was I'm, like a long free kick that bounced over. I've just watched uh, both on YouTube. Excellent stuff. I mean, <laughs> he, he can give some tips to the likes of Ericsson and Harry Kane about how to impress Jose Mourinho <laughs> in, his, in the early days. Everyone so. loves a goal-scoring goalkeeper, don't oh, they? Amazing. It's nothing in, better. Interesting insight, though, from, from Paul there. He said about, uh, and it's a natural thing, I guess, when a new manager comes in, that the players need to learn to impress the new boss. Mm. And I guess with Spurs in the position they're in in the Premier League, currently 14th place, that's not going to do them any harm at all to try and impress Jose, not one bit. Well, there's been an interesting take on whether Jose will be able to do that with the current breed of players. And part of the issues he have at Manchester, had at Manchester United have been levelled at that Jose is a manager who's used to managing millennials. He's not used to managing generation Z or whatever is that it is. generation we're, we're in now? now. Are we I think, Z? I, think, I think we're on generation Z now, right. whatever it is. And there is a marked difference between different generations and the way they react <clears> to motivation. <throat> like the generation Xs, no, yeah, the generation Xs, so my generation essentially, would... <laughs> I've lost on generations. You, 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 know, yeah. you know before when you said you're surprised you're the same age as Paul Robinson, yeah. you're sounding old now, Jim. <laughs> Players respond to different motivations, okay, whether okay. they need... like the, Now the modern superstar footballer responds in a very different way to they did even... 10 yeah, years they're, ago. they're different characters now. Yeah, completely. What, and what Jose I've... doesn't have loads of experience of managing, loads of successful experience of managing that generation as we saw at Manchester United. It's almost like the second coming of Mourinho. Can, can he adapt to the, the new worlds of football? Yeah. It'll be interesting. What, what I liked what Paul Robinson said there was um, that when a new manager comes in, everybody ups their game. Mm. I thought that was quite honest because um, as a fan, you usually expect your team to be training at 100%, to be putting in all the effort and all the energy on match days. But to hear that a new manager is going to come in, obviously mm. you want to impress somebody new that come in, but that the, the levels are going to be raised again. Yeah. Um, that, I found that quite interesting, to be honest. And it felt to me from the first interview he gave on the Spurs social media channels, I know it's kind of a big press unveiling and they'll work very carefully on him saying the right things but it felt there was a new energy and vigour mm. about Jose Mourinho and that's got to reflect amongst the players and the place isn't it he talked about how happy he was I think you mentioned happy about 20 happy times is massive he but, must be on a happy bonus but he's, he's not going to be living in a in a hotel room no. in Salford for 400 days or something that's yeah. going to make a massive difference being at home the other really interesting thing surely, surely though, you know what I mean saving some cash on a bar on a room room, tab, <laughs> room service as well but, um, yeah. but, but talking of his time at Manchester United and you mentioned the things like living in the Lowry Hotel in, in Salford and yeah. not really maybe adapting to life up north in Manchester. He's very much a, a London-focused guy, is Jose Mourinho. His spell at Manchester United inevitably did his reputation some damage. Mm. Is Jose a fading force or can he still deliver the goods that everyone remembers him for or should remember this, him for? This is a conversation that I've had with everybody. I think what you've got to remember is Jose Mourinho went into potentially the most toxic club in football, mm. and that's Manchester United. Um I don't think anybody could have really gone in there and done a better job than him. Everybody's going com to complain about, oh, he needs to spend a lot of money. He doesn't really promote youth. I don't think that. I think Manchester United pro uh, Manchester United have got bigger problems than Jose Mourinho, and anybody could have gone in there. But so. what baffles me is why people use the Jose likes to get the checkbook out as a criticism. If I think the, that's if, great. If the money's there, surely you would Sign spend Sign the it. best players. I think the argument about against Jose doing that is where he spends the money. It's not so much the fact he spends money, it's the fact that he buys players that are very much at the peak of their careers. And from signing, in the two, three years that follows, they lose value and lose form. 
I don't think anyone would mind if he was buying the hottest <sighs> youth talents out there and building something since, in the club. As since when has football always been about buying the hottest youth talent? I think football has oh, always, always been. No, always I, gets I, excited I, about no, Manchester United. Always used to buy pretty much the best players that were yeah, around. Yeah, fo- football they? for me. Talking about generations, I don't know what generation I was from, but football for me was always going out and buying the best player in that position for that team. So it didn't really matter. I mean, like look at somebody like Eric Cantona, for example. Mm. He wasn't coming to Man United as a great youth team player who he could build up. But he was a player that was on the up. He was a player on the ascent. He came. He, he, he went to United the at the peak of his career. No, probably. he didn't. It yeah, was a couple of years he after just won, he joined. He just won the won the league with Leeds. He, and he was going. United, he was going on to be the best. He improved right? at United, didn't he? Everyone was course, shocked about the value. That he was still a very good striker. For. I think what you're saying, people like Andy Cole, who scored bucket loads of goals. For yeah, Newcastle exactly. Newcastle. That's probably a better example. Yeah, and still did really well. But to go back to your original question as to whether Jose is a busted, has he still got it? I think this is what's going to prove it. Basically, is Spurs, and you say United was a toxic club. The structure of United is in an absolute mess. The way they deal with transfers in a mess. The squad was in a mess as well. He's going into a Spurs team that I think will really suit him. He can be the superstar in London. And I think that will suit him. The, the platform set for him as well. Yeah. The stadium, the training ground. It looks and, great, doesn't it? And, and he praised those facilities. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's yeah. why I said how different is a club now, Spurs, than it was five years ago even, ten years ago. It's massively different. And, and Jose was saying, you know, they've got the best stadium in the world, probably the best training ground in Europe. Yeah. And he's managed at Real Madrid, Chelsea, Manchester United. So he knows what he's talking Look about. Look at that team as well. The team already kind of looks a little bit like a Jose Mourinho team. He's got a couple of really good central defensive midfielders. He's got some good, strong attacking midfielders. He's got the two centre-backs he always wanted at Man United. And he's got Harry Kane. Harry Kane can be Jose Mourinho's Didier Drogba. I'll be mega, yeah. It looks like a Jose Mourinho team. Yesterday I was like, this is crazy, it makes no sense. 24 hours old, I'm like, yep, they're going to win the league. (laughs) Jose Mourinho's a special one again. You name those players, but they've also got Eric Dyer. So, you know, (laughs) it comes swings and roundabouts. I I think this whole conversation kind of proves a point that for weeks and weeks and weeks we've been so pessimistic about Tottenham. And uh, the team is exactly the same. But now that there's a different manager in Mourinho, we're talking about, oh, how great is Harry Kane? Oh, how great are the centre-backs? New lease of life. Yeah, it's completely Mm. changed it, which is great. They needed that. Brilliant. Okay, so after the break, we're going to talk about Maurizio Pochettino's exit and some of the circumstances around that that have just come to light, as well as West Ham being a bit cheeky on Twitter, which has since been swiftly deleted. This is Football Social Daily. Don't go anywhere. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. Welcome back to Football Social Daily, your only daily Premier League podcast. Seven days a week, we'll be here with news and opinion on the best league in the world, the Premier League. And if there's one example to sum up why the Premier League is the best, it's the last two or three days in which Pochettino has left Tottenham after five and a half years at the club to be replaced by three-time Premier League winner Jose Mourinho. My name's Niall. I've got Jim and Stefan in the studio with me. And Pochettino leaving the club was a stunning surprise for a lot of people. He wasn't skating on thin ice. We kind of knew that there must have been some pressure there, Mm. considering how good they've been over the last three or four years under him, the cracks were just starting to show Poch himself predicted that the squad, the team were going to fall apart because they weren't making any investments in two transfer windows. They didn't make any sign-ins. Should we really be as surprised as we have been? It's tough. I wasn't, when I saw it, I wasn't, I wasn't really surprised. Um, It was more of a timing of it rather than the fact that it happened. But I think if you Pochettino, you 
it's quite a good time for it to come. You can have a rest for a couple of months. Uh, you can reevaluate. You've had a quite a nice, handsome payoff. Mm. So it's kind of come at the right time for both parties, I think. The writing's been on the wall, and we've talked about Pochettino leaving Spurs for some time now. I think what was unexpected was, A, you say the timing. No one expected it to happen at this stage in the season. And also the fact that Daniel Levy's put his hand in his pocket paid compensation and also reportedly is covering Pochettino's wages until he finds a new job. Do you know what it feels like? It feels like when you have an argument with a girlfriend or something like that <laughs> and, you, and you're like, oh, I'm going to break up with you. No, you're not. I'm never going to do it. And then actually it happens. You're like, wow, it's actually happened. They've actually followed through with it or whatever. It feels a bit <laughs> like that. But interestingly enough, and I, I use like relationship as, a, as an example there, because by all accounts, Daniel Levy and Maurizio Pochettino didn't really get on. No. Um, that's according to Guillaume Balaguer, who's written an article on this on, on the BBC Sport website. But he suggests that it was very much a professional relationship and not a friendly relationship it, and that their visions for the club were on two different pathways. Guillaume Balaguer would have been an excellent Soviet spy. That guy seems to have <laughs> insider intel on every single national league ever going on. Bloody hell. I uh, think you called this really well, Stefan, a few weeks ago on the podcast and you described the Spurs situation is coming to the end of a cycle mm. and like a five-year cycle where the squad was kind of reaching the end of its time. And I wonder whether Levy kind of saw this too. And that's why we saw no massive investment in that Spurs team for the last two windows is because he wasn't convinced that Pochettino was the man to continue developing but that Spurs Levy team. is stingy. He's just spent a billion on a new stadium, yeah. so I don't want to be that harsh, but he's stingy. He wants Tottenham to be in the top four with the littlest outlay possible. He is a shrewd... I think I think that's the biggest question mark on why he's chosen Jose Mourinho. That's what everybody's been talking to me about. Well, that's what I One likes say. to spend and one doesn't. Well, because Jose, so, Jose complained at Manchester United about not having autonomy over transfers. He complained when Avram Grant was brought into Chelsea the first time around, which is why he left, because he didn't want a director of football. He didn't want someone above he's his He's gone head in as a head coach, hasn't he? He wants to have control of that club. He's the head coach, yeah, of okay. Tottenham. So he's not the manager. But, I mean, that's really interesting because at Chelsea he left because he didn't get full control, which is what he wanted. Manchester United, he complained and complained till the cows came home because he didn't have full control. And yet he's gone into Spurs, a club in which Pochettino, someone who doesn't notoriously speak out and slander his own boss, Daniel Levy, who in the summer he came out and said, I don't feel like a manager. I'm, I'm more the coach of these players. I don't have control over transfers. Is that not exactly what Jose Mourinho doesn't like? Let me make a prediction here, which means exactly the opposite will happen. <laughs> Get the crystal balls out yeah. here. I think I know what's going to happen too. I, I think we're going to see a brand new Daniel Levy. We're going to see a brand new Spurs, Spurs that invest in its playing staff. The sign of that will be this January when Jose Mourinho Ooh. brings Gareth Bale I, to White Hart Lane. I'm, they have a rumours. I'm going for something completely different, right? I think Jose will have a good rest of the season, might even win a little cup, maybe something like an FA Cup. Next season, they'll win the Premier League. Third wow. season, third season, it will go dramatically wrong, and they'll be sacked by Christmas. Well, that's what that, 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 that's that what is the Jose Mourinho blueprint. It? Let's that, keep it going. It sounds like one of those things where they feed loads of information to a computer and it makes a prediction. <laughs> You're just a human version of that. Um, let's move on. And talking of computers, social media is a massive part of football nowadays. But sometimes. You think, why can't football clubs have a bit more of a laugh? Everything's so serious. West Ham tried to yesterday. Top football banter. Top football banter. So West Ham released a tweet yesterday, and within about 25 minutes, they had deleted it. It was interesting because it relates to 
Jose Mourinho's instalment as Tottenham Hotspur manager. Of course, the London derby between West Ham and Spurs is Jose's first game in charge. But Jose doesn't have a particularly shiny record against West Ham United. And I think the club were trying to remind him of that with some video clips of his times when he's lost against the Hammers. And I think it was all supposed to be tongue-in-cheek, but there was a lot of comments saying it's very disrespectful. It was swiftly deleted afterwards. First of all, as a West Ham fan, They bottled it. Mm. They bottled it. Should they have... They made their bed. Should they have led in that bed? Lead in that bed. Lead, lead in the bed, lied in the bed. <laughs> Laid in the bed. Lied in, in the bed. bed. They've made their um, bed, they need to lie in it. That's what I'm going with. I liked it. I think football needs to take itself a lot less seriously sometimes and this was a club having a little bit of fun where Jose Mourinho and West Ham do have a reasonable record against Jose Mourinho teams as much as they have a reasonable record against anyone. It kind of stemmed from, I can't remember the exact words that Jose Mourinho used to describe West Ham playing football from the 19th Sam- century yeah it was like when Sam Allardyce was there to be fair he was absolutely spot on it was football from the 19th century it was long balls it was but kicking it sa- the opposition it sounds like sour grapes when you don't win the game yeah it? completely it does and I, I liked West Ham kind of having a little bit of a pop at Jose Mourinho and the respect thing is absolutely rubbish because Jose Mourinho is a man who has often gone the wrong side of that line of respect so if you can't take it then you can't give it can you so I liked it Football, take yourself a little bit less seriously. Did West Ham bottle it by, t- by deleting oh, the Oh, completely. I don't know why they've taken it down. I can tell you why they took it down, because the internet's full of keyboard warriors. <laughs> Ooh, West Ham have done this. Yeah. Does anyone really care? Would, 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 would Jose Mourinho have been upset in any way by that? tweet would it have bothered him no, no, probably, he, probably, he probably don't know what twitter is he probably would have gone around shushing the west ham fans when they beat you 4-0 exactly. at the weekend so. in fact i bet jose Mourinho loves that kind of thing oh yeah he will reference is that he on at twitter some point he's not i wish he was that's the special one oh, <laughs> that handle needs to be bought and reserved for jose Mourinho. the day jose's on twitter you know the day that he's going to stop managing uh football teams that tweet will 100 backfire and tottenham will batter West Ham this weekend. Announce that West Ham 1-0 win. That's how it works. Jim's made a prediction, so therefore the opposite is going to happen. Take that. Take that any day. This has been Football Social Daily for Thursday, your only daily Premier League podcast. Seven days a week we'll be here with you, including Saturday and Sunday. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, by the way, because this will land straight in your inbox wherever you get your podcasts. Saturday morning, a full preview of all of the Premier League games across the weekend. And on Sunday, we'll have a review, a look back across the weekend's action. So make sure you hit subscribe and you'll never miss a show. But that's it for today's episode episode and we'll speak to you tomorrow football social daily subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode